Now listen. This is Fairly Normal. This is not the song that you usually hear at the beginning of Fairly Normal. Mm-hmm. I thought I would play something off of one of Prince's underrated, underappreciated albums. This mm-hmm. song is called Breakdown. Listen to me closely as the story unfolds. Nobody used falsetto like him. This could be the saddest story he, he sang so many songs, especially some of his old funk songs, in all falsetto with power. You're a singer. That's sure. not an easy, especially for a dude, right. to do, right? For some guys, I think it's easier, maybe. I don't know. His vocal range, his vocal range. His it was, vo- it's insane. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm here with... Oh, come on. Right? And you're not even... We just had a talk. We're talking about this. We're not going to say how old you are or how young you are, I should say. But we were talking that you are not, you weren't hugely affected by the loss of Prince. No. And then we started to talk about, I like. I can appreciate yes, that everyone else is totally get very that. upset about this. I, you know what it is for me? <laughs> and I'll tell you what he is. I remember being very young and seeing, like, a VHS of some dude singing on a show. I think it was called Midnight special midnight something prince the first time he was on tv this is in the 70s late 70s he was wearing a garter belt women's underwear and like mm-hmm. a camisole mm-hmm. and just killing it yeah you're like whoa this it's, is earth shattering what and it was yeah. i was like what is happening right now and especially to blur especially in the black community to blur the line the androgynous line at that time was mind-blowing yeah and here was the best part about him. Not one fuck to give about any of that. Right. And somehow still pulled it off. But you were saying, for you, Michael Jackson was a bigger... Bigger influence. I mean, they were both around the same time, right? Yeah. But bigger influence. But I think it's because of the all the molestation charges when I was in elementary school. We had something to talk about at the dinner table. <laughs> and I was like, who is this Michael Jackson guy? Just don't and go to his house. My parents also played the Jackson 5 a lot. They did. So that was my oldies. I actually thought of Michael Jackson as the little Jackson 5 boy for so long. You know, I equate the Prince-Michael Jackson argument to the Lennon-McCartney argument. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, I consider Prince to be way more Lennon and Michael Jackson to be way more McCartney. Pop, upbeat, Mm -hmm. positive, Nice, whatever, no dirt, no real grit, just mm-hmm. like, but amazing. I'm both artists, amazing. But Paul McCartney, oh, come on. Um, but Paul McCartney <laughs> was just like, not Lennon. You know, Lennon was the dirt and the dark of it, right? Right. And I think Prince is a little, is is too Michael Jackson in the same way. A little dirtier and grittier. You know, his his first... He actually had sex, yes. Yeah, he right, Prince right, had right. sex. Right, right, Prince yeah. had a lot I of sex. I think a lot of sex. With a lot of different things. Things? I don't know. I mean, we just don't know. <laughs> Prince, was, Prince was out there. You think things? You think oh, it's... for sure. But for as sure. A, when 100%. You, when you were, you think things? Yeah. That didn't even Multiple say people. Things. Like Yeah, people and things. And things. When yeah, you think, I think he was into a lot of stuff. Like inanimate object things? Possibly. He wouldn't have said no. To a thing? Yeah. Hmm. I my I think that maybe he had so many options in human form. Yeah, maybe, maybe he never made it to the inanimate objects. That's that's a there's a very large. Actually, you know what? I have two theories on that, and I'm glad you brought it up because you you come across as the sick. That was breakdown, guys. 
Um, my theory on people who fuck inanimate objects. Yeah. You're one of two people. Okay. Either you can't fuck people because nobody wants to fuck you. Right. Or you've fucked so many people that it's like, mm. People are boring. Yeah. Yeah. Is that another vagina? Nah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. About this flat screen television. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tree, isn't it? Damn. And there's a little more risk to eating an inanimate object. Right, right, right. Especially right. if it's like outside or something. You know, it's funny. When we worked on Chelsea, it was like every week there was a story about somebody fucking a bench. What? Or humping like inflatable pool toy. Well, when I was a kid... <laughs> <laughs> the inflatable. <laughs> what? When I was a kid, teddy bears were the was the weapon of choice for females. For, for fem? Oh, they humped teddy bears. Yeah, I've heard of the pillow humping. Yeah, but the teddy bear was. It's more well designed. Well, because it had a face. It has a snout. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be able to look at a face. It's that's got a that's snout. Is that how emotional women no, are? They just the need the face. Of the snout on the teddy bear. Did you tell the a snout? Can we give him a nose? And it's also a little harder. <laughs> a snout, a snout, isn't that like like a, pig, a fish or a pig? pig? You're right. You're right. It's a snout. teddy bear nose. You're right. Teddy you're bear's right. nose. You're right. Because you don't want to think you're a teddy bear having a snout. That's snout true. sounds gross. That's true. By the way, which camera are we looking? You're at? on both if of those. On both. Right? Is she on both cameras? Yeah. Guys, this is Taryn Southern. Did I say your name? No. Nope. Okay. Hi. <laughs> this is Taryn Southern. Hello. Now listen. Taryn and I met and worked together on a little television show called Shark After Dark. Yep. It was on the Discovery Channel. Yes, it was. It was the highest rated talk show on television two years in a row. And then they decided to get rid of it because that's smart. Yeah. Well, you know, ha things happen. Yeah. Things happen. That was a bummer. It was, was a bit fun. of a bummer. I think, we, you know what? And it's funny. I had such a good time on that show. You Did were you awesome. have a good you time? You were awesome. Did you have a good time? Of course I did. It was I loved a, working with you, and I loved the whole team. I mean, everyone was awesome. Bob it was, was fun. You waxed Bob me. Bob is amazing. I would. I just killed you every episode. You waxed me. You waxed my chest. Second, third degree burn. Second degree oh, burn. Second degree burn. Jesus, Who sorry. heated that up? Not. I mean, definitely <laughs> one of the production coordinators. <laughs> one of the interns. That, remember? Remember? I think it was one of the interns that got. Oh that yeah. Got hand on that. I think. And then when yeah. you put it on my chest. You were like, does that hurt? And I was like, uh. <laughs> but we were live. Yeah. <laughs> and we were running out of time. I know. So I had people in my ear being like, just rip it off. What which was really fun. What was your favorite part of that, the two seasons and the, of the live shows? That we, we also did. did Naked After Dark. Oh, we did Naked season too. season of that. That was another 12 oh, episodes of that. Eating my that cockroach was gross. <laughs> that was my favorite moment was watching you eat the cockroach because <laughs> it was fluttering out of your mouth. Oh. It was it was hanging on to the to the last bits of life. It was, you know, it's it, it was trying hard to get out. Oh, you, did you? Did I tell you what the guy said to me? What? Okay, he said, "Hey, you better um, make sure you kill it before you swallow it." And I go, "What?" Yeah. And he, and he said, "Well, listen, you know, if you cut a cockroach in half, you know how they still move around." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "You got to kill it." He said, "If either half of it is still mobile, the legs will instinct grab the sides of your throat." And then you'll choke and you die. What? And I said, did anyone want to tell me this before I agreed oh, I to eat that. the cockroach? Because this was, we went live. You know, it was five minute so breaks. So you didn't know this before? I, you found it out was, after. While you... they were setting it up, oh. we were going live in five minutes. Oh, goodness. The show had already started. Yeah, that's not. Remember when they, and, they, and so the line producer comes out and goes, oh, yeah, the guy, the cockroach guy wants to tell you something. He goes, you better kill that cockroach. And I go, why? He goes, because, and he told me, I go, oh, my Jeez. God. And he goes, yeah, I've seen people choke and die. And I was That's like. That's horrible. 
And I said, what about, I'll give a Heimlich. He goes, no, no, no. The Heimlich is something in your stomach. Right. Like, this is not, it's it's alive and holding on. It won't work. And I was like, oh my Lord. So that, that to me was not great. Eating the brains, not great. The brains was pretty nasty. Uh, that moonshine got me fucked up. Oh, yeah. I got <laughs> fucked up a lot on that show. Yeah, me <laughs> I didn't have to do much, though, so it was fine. Like, I could just sit there and any excuse to kick back some alcohol. Every time it. there was booze on there, nobody took it easy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> did we, what was the game we did where we lost? That was why you had to wax me? We Did we play a game together or was that on Naked? We played some games together too. Where there was a lot of yeah. The waxing was a different. That was a different poll. What about the me getting stabbed in the chest? Oh, that one was scary. I didn't like that one. That one was actually upsetting to me. Do you know that that uh, Josh McDermott broke that dude's hand? What? You remember the ice pick? Yes. Okay. I didn't like that. Okay, that, so that was not the setup. I guess is this guy had invented a shark bite proof suit. Yeah. And so there was a video of him sticking. Did you see the video? Sticking yeah. his arm in the tiger shark's mouth. Yep. And the tiger shark bit it and shook it a little bit. And the, the guy, his arm was attached. Do you know it dislocated his arm? Of it course. doesn't save you from your limbs being ripped off underneath right. the suit. Or just incredible amounts of pressure. Oh, my right? Lord. Right? Your body can't withstand pressure, even if it's not being cut up. Yes. Okay. So the guy, he was like, I was, he said, Can I come on and test the suit? I go, Yeah. I go, But obviously, we can't bring a shark on the set. And I said, how about, you know, will it work with a knife? And he said, it, this is what he said. I don't know if you know the behind the scenes. He said it should. <laughs> so we show up first day. And um, that we show up the day and the suit's there. And the guy says, uh, I go, well, let's run through it once. He goes, nah, let's not run through it. And I said, what? why not? Yeah. And I said, why not? And he goes, well, just in case it doesn't work, I still want to do it on the show. And I go, well, wait a second. You don't know for sure that this will stop a knife? He goes, well, it's never been tested for knives. He said it should because shark teeth are sharp. I go, sharp. has it ever been tested with a knife? And he goes, no. I go, well, we got tested. He goes, no, because if it doesn't work, and the director said the same thing, if it doesn't work, you're going to get stabbed during warm-ups and we won't be able to do the show. Better to be stabbed on live TV. And I was like, that I couldn't argue that argument because I was like, that is good TV if I get stabbed. Yeah, but no. I, I know. Yeah, is Discovery Channel <laughs> for the insurance so settlement? They they That's the first thing I called my lawyer. I'm like, I'm about to get stabbed. He was like, okay, I'll watch. Yeah. So the first guy, and it was the two guys from Walking Dead. It was Josh McDermott and Michael Cutlitz. And uh, the first guy, uh, the guy whose suit it was, put a glove on. Right. And remember and Josh McDermott did the ice pick in between his fingers but a couple times he hit his hand really hard now it didn't cut through the it didn't cut the skin it broke his hand in two places because did you see how hard he was hitting hitting so hard that was actually that made me uncomfortable it was upsetting it was there was violence happening yeah and there was that was the first time yes and the audience was like fucking deathly silence yeah they were just like (sighs) yeah that was not okay that was really not okay i was upset about that bent when he stabbed me. I know. That's not okay. No. At the level of pressure I, and I, force yeah. that had to have been applied. I think the best part still on that show was the Tara Reid. <laughs> that was amazing. She is amazing. Her, She's incredible. Her brain broke. Her brain broke on live television. <laughs> you <laughs> captured all of the all of the glory. Um, that was amazing. You're doing your own show now. It's done now. 
I finished a month and a half ago. And how yeah, was it? It was so fun. I had an amazing time you doing it. It's so it sad when it's over, yes. you know? What it was, was it? called Party Fun Times, and it was a show that celebrated internet culture, and we had on crazy internet personalities, and we drank a lot, and we did sketches, and we did music videos, and just all the stuff that I love to do all in one one show. We shot in a, a pot dispensary. We had fringe political candidates on. The guy who won the tiniest penis in Brooklyn pageant came on the show. Okay. It was fun. Wait it was just, it was all absurd. Is that a pageant? It's a pageant. <laughs> Wait. It is a pageant. Hey, Aaron, will you Google the definition of pageant? <laughs> because I think small dick pageants <laughs> may be, contest may be right, because pageant implies evening wear. There was. There was an evening wear. There was a swimsuit and there was a talent competition. Oh, so that is a pageant. Absolutely fit the pageant. Okay. Yep. I yep. have a couple questions about small dick pageant. Let's do it. Okay, because I'm sure you know a lot now. I do. Okay. I'm the, the Evening expert. wear. I don't see how that applies to small dick or big dick. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It's all because it's about how you how you wear it, right? Right. Right. So it's what, saying it and, doesn't matter the size of your package. It's how you how you flare okay. it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> let me see if I get this right. Is the contest to see who has the smallest dick? That's just one part of the, the competition. So you you could actually walk away and be the winner of the smallest penis right. pageant without having the ac- the smallest actual penis. But you wow. also so the guy with the smallest dick, if he walks guys... away a double loser? <laughs> Not only do I have the smallest dick, but I didn't win, win. the smallest dick contest. Yeah. You know, the... The thing is, once you get down to the micro penis level, I think they all—they're just all pretty, pretty tiny. When you say micro penis, because yeah. I've heard that term before. Yeah. Did you like look a, at? It's like pic- a little nub. Really? Yeah. Did you look at pictures before you came in? Very quickly, and then I was like, I don't want to see that. D- you come <laughs> no, on. No, but I mean, you. I I'd be super help. curious. I help it. I'm gonna I Google to it look. when I go home. But um, no, the guy was so sweet and kind and uh, amazing. Has to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> Micro penis means you better have a good personality. Oh, Isn't Josh. That... No? No, you're right, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you can't walk around with the smallest dick in the world and be an asshole. Like, I. Listen, there are guys. <laughs> can I just say, there are guys walking down the street and guys that I meet and every now and then, and I sometimes in my own head go, big dick. Do you know why? Why? There's big dick confidence. Mm. There's a certain big dick confidence yep. that like, like when someone told me Michael Fassbender has a huge dick, I'm like, of course he does. Right. He Outside of being Michael Fassbender, he just carries himself with big dick confidence. John Hamm carries himself with big dick confidence. Big dick confidence. And I, that's a, it's a theory that I have. I no, haven't it's a seen good theory. a ton of dicks. It's a solid theory. I have but... seen dicks in locker rooms. Yeah. But it doesn't, I haven't seen like Do you a, stare at them? Do you size them up? Do you it, wonder like how much bigger they get when they're hard? Grower or shower, I do not wonder about. <laughs> These aren't the things. No, that's never. These aren't the things that keep you up at night? No. Now they will. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taryn, you have yeah. done in your very short life, because you are a young, young, vibrant woman, Aww. a lot of shit. You were on Idol when you were 17. I was, yeah. American a long Idol. time ago. Is that yeah. what you thought you wanted to be when you were a singer? You yeah. wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a singer. That was it. Where'd you, That's all where, I wanted to do. Where'd you grow up? Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, in the middle of America. And where? Because, for me, what I love about you is that you are not only your personality, but you're funny. You can laugh at yourself. Thanks, 
that's really important. Well, be I'm able also to an asshole, so. <laughs> but that, that helps. Yeah. But so when you were wanted to be a singer, 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 and now you're incorporating everything, like, um, what what were you gonna do with the other part of your personality? <laughs> do you know what I mean? What mean? Like, like you can't right now. You infuse your personality into your music and everything you do. I'm so lucky to get to do that. But 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 before YouTube was around 15 years ago, right. I don't know what I would have done. What was your audition Creatively. song for Idol? Oh my goodness! My audi- my first audition song was uh, what do you mean, the Little first? Mermaid? Because well, because there was song. like a series. It wasn't of audition- a Prince song. Yeah, we know that. Prince song. We no. know that. Yeah. There was a series of auditions to get to the producers. Wait, so, I, I don't understand. To get to Simon, Paula, and Randy, you actually had to audition for producers of the show. We've got one sitting in yeah, our room right now, so she can attest to this. Um, and they're the ones that put you through to, to the next round. Because basically, they, they want to make sure that by the time they're filming for the actual show, the people that go to see Paula, Simon, and Randy are either good or really horrible. And they don't really want anyone in the middle. That would just take way too much time. So there is a tent that none of us ever see. Two tents, yeah, that no one ever sees. And is the audition as long? What do you mean as long? Like it's 90 seconds in front of the three judges. No, it was very quick. I remember my first audition was at the Rose Bowl. I wonder how many people were there? We've, we got, we've got an American Idol producer in the room who was a producer on the season that I auditioned. It's got to be thousands of people, right? Oh, it was like tens of thousands, I remember thinking. Why do I remember thinking? I wanted to say 30,000, but is that ridiculous? No. Okay, that's ridiculous. Sorry. You're ridiculous. Get out. 8,000? <laughs> that's a lot. 4,000? Like, yeah, between, uh, between like 5 and 10,000. Between 5 okay. and 10,000 people. I, w- I got there at of... 7 in the morning, and I think I auditioned at 3. Yeah, that's a lot afternoon. of people to hear. Plus yeah. Overnight, yeah, I slept overnight. I slept overnight. Why I met a... did you go to the Rose Bowl from Kansas? Oh, I didn't. I was out here for a summer studying at UCLA, and I met a boy at a club when I was... <laughs> This is how this all happens. I met a boy. You met at a club. boy at the club. At the club when I was seventeen. How did you get into the club at seventeen? Jeff, there was a, there was a girl at the in the UCLA dorms that snuck me in. She oh. was she was part of the cool crowd. All right. And I begged this boy to drive me to the Pasadena Rose Bowl for the American Idol auditions. Otherwise, I would have just taken the bus. And you got it. And well, I got through to the next round. Yep. Which was in Hollywood again for more producers, and then there was another. The Renaissance in Hollywood, and that was like a little bit longer. And then, and then I went to Atlanta for my the round with Paula, Simon, and Randy. Right. I was going to school in Miami, and that was the closest possible location for me to travel to. And then after that round, it was the Hollywood rounds, and then I was coming out to Los Angeles in my freshman, my first semester, freshman year of college. And why did you tell me earlier that it scarred you? Why did you say that? Oh my God, I was not. Uh, I I had never performed in front of a. In front of oh, people, right, I was right. I was a, I was a bedroom singer, and it was like one of those things where I just I didn't have the nerves for it at all. I was terrified. You know those kids that just get up and they're like, Whoa! Yeah. you know, and the yeah. mom and dad are like, yeah. I just had never yeah. had that. So getting getting up for the first time that was not a good vehicle. To it was it was um, did terrifying. it scar you from performing for after that? When you say yes. scar, like yes. So well, what ended up happening on the show was uh and there's this great i have i have it on a tape i have it in my computer it will i'm thank goodness youtube wasn't around back then because it would have say that all been the time permanently on youtube um but no one no one has it up on youtube um there was a whole episode where i kept talking about how i was terrified that i was going to forget all my lyrics and did repeat, you repeat repeat of course it got to the song that i was doing i forgot every single lyric and uh, just made up sounds. 
Oh, what just kind of made sounds? Up sounds. What kind of sounds did you make up? You know, oohs, ahs. Yeah. When you were giving your oohs and ahs. Maybe a few, maybe a few, like, yeah, it was bad. It was bad, Josh. It was so bad. And I got off stage and I was crying. And Ryan, I mean, the judges were actually kind, sort of nice to me, mm-hmm. but um, because I just, I think they just felt bad. <laughs> She's so young. <laughs> and, oh, and I had been in the hospital. Why? I, uh, stomach ulcers. I freaked out. I, 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 my, my whole body shut down on me. So the so, producers waited for me to get back to the, to the set because I was, so I was the last one to go because I was hooked up to IVs. Where did you go to college? University of Miami in Florida. And so, what made you want to after that amazingly? positive experience. It was so positive. What made you want to get back into performing? I didn't. I came out, I went to school for anthropology and journalism as a result of this experience. And I American Idol chased you to anthropology? I Yep. I didn't open my mouth to sing until five years later. Is that fucking true? I was actually so terrified. And the only reason I ended up doing this 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 song, and it was a comedy song, because I, I figured who's who's judging me when I'm singing about something silly right and I was in a studio and I thought I was going to throw up having to sing in a studio with one person listening is that true yeah because you seem like about right now you're you're a fearless performer that's nice of you to say but I still I mean even it I remember four years ago when I was auditioning still I would I would still get the just the vomit inducing well panic. auditions are terribly unnatural place anyways right right it's just not but even sometimes on some of the movie sets that i was working on and tv sets i was working on um just tear i remember new girl that was probably my sixth guest star right and i thought i was gonna vomit the entire time i was on set really yeah yeah well, just it was it was crippling the anxiety was crippling because it's psychosomatic once you know that you actually that you actually have the ability to completely shut down under pressure and you've experienced that and it happens on national television you actually are terror like there's just terror that it's going to happen again and you don't want to do it in front of you know 150 people on a set all right um, well let me ask you a question so, that. so yeah. how did you how how did you jump over that hurdle Xanax really <laughs> No, Every I think, <laughs> I mean, a little bit. There was, I, I think, it, I tried everything. The show I mean, brought I, to you by Xanax. I know, because that's horrible. I don't want to, I definitely don't want to encourage that. But I, um, it's, I haven't taken any in so long, actually, as a result. But, several, yeah, I was probably a few years into the acting thing when I was actually working right. enough to, to, where I just thought this is so crippling. I mean, I had a great digestive system as a result. <laughs> Did you? you? Know. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, things never things stuck. move through you, <laughs> you know very what? quickly. My friend always said when I started doing comedy, he was like, you're going to find out which one you are. You're either going to be a pacer, a puker, a peer, or a pooper. Everybody's one of those four. <laughs> and what are you? I'm a pooper. Okay, great. Nervous pooper. Yep, nervous pooper. Nervous pooper. <laughs> Same here. That was my nickname in high school. Nervous pooper. <laughs> nervous pooper. That's great. That's no, great. I could never do what you do. I mean, it would, it, it would just, I would just die. I would just shrivel up and die. I well, would you know, like a little anxious. Every night before I go on stage, in everything I've ever done, including anything I've ever hosted, any show I've ever been on, any stand-up I've ever done in my life, the last thing I say to myself before I go on stage is, "Tonight's the night they find out I'm not that funny." That's a horrible thing to say to yourself. I don't know why, but tonight it's that my little extra that I, I don't know why, but every night I'm like, I'll sit there. I go, okay, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's great. And the last thing I think about is, no, it's not, dude. Tonight's the night they find out you're not that funny. And I fucking, then it's Josh Wolf. I'm like, (laughs) 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 it's so funny because I think you just seem so cool, calm and collected. But that, 
I don't know. Thank you. But th- that well, I don't... you are right. I mean, you are at this point. You're a pro. Like you just go and do it. And yes, I've, I here's the thing. Once I get on stage, you're good. I uh, somebody asked me this last week, actually, in a radio interview. And they said, you know, you're I was doing the interview and my knee was bouncing and um, I was doing some tapping. And he was like, you know, I saw you last night and you were about as still and calm as I've ever seen anyone. And here you're bouncing. I go, oh, I told him, I go, I feel more comfortable on stage a lot of times than I do walking around. Hmm. Just because on stage, I just feel uh, this I got. Mm-hmm. I have this I got. This I know. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be anything crazy that jumps right here. This I understand and have control of. So right. it makes me very calm. Right. Do you know? Yeah, that's great. Outside that's of that is a different, different little arena. Right. Listen. You never know what's gonna happen. I, my buddy, my buddy was driving in Boston and he called me last week. He goes, Hey, I go, Yeah. And he goes, You never fucking gonna believe this. I go, What? He goes, Someone threw human shit at my (gasps) windshield. I go, What? He goes, I was driving down the street and human shit hit my car. And I go, why do you know? Why do you know it was human shit? He goes, you know human shit. He was like, it wasn't dog. It was human shit. And I was like, oh my god. And that goes back to you never know. He was just in his car listening to right. some Bruce Springsteen, and right. somebody threw poo poo at his car. Oh no, that's <laughs> was, awful. Yeah, I was like, wow. Who? Wow. Yeah. So you never know. Wow. That's why that's the whole thing. You don't want poo poo. No, that's why I feel complete control on that stage. That's great. Okay, so how do you then get back into? Because the acting thing, like right now, to me, you morphed into a little bit of all of that. You found your wheelhouse. Thank you. How... I still don't. I, yeah, I would say I, I don't even consider myself an actor anymore, but because I'm not doing the traditional acting thing. I mean, no, I basically just. But you're paving. You. Here's what I love about you and your. I hate to say your generation and sound old, but you are you. The people, especially in the business, are all about kind of paving their own way. Like you, 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 there's nothing traditional about how you've gone about any of it, right? Thank you. How, like, that's take some balls to just kind of decide, especially coming from the embarrassment that you felt and the crippling fear. Like, so my question is, like, wh- what is it that, that finally put you over the hump? Or is there a day that you can remember where you're like, I can't believe it, but I don't. F- I don't feel scared. Like it was how, the how hosting. Of, it, it was the hosting. Yeah. For some reason, the ho- I I always felt comfortable. The in front recent of it. YouTube hosting, just recent. What do you mean? Did your show? Or no, before I'd that? say I'd say be just before that. Yeah. My first the first uh, show I did out here was a travel show for Directv. I was twenty years old, and holy shit. And then I think I the a year after that I went in interviewed with the Dick Clark Productions guys. Love those guys, by the way. They're great. I love those. They guys. needed a host for the red carpet of the Golden Globes, and it was a five-hour live stream. And they said, have you ever hosted live before? And I said, of course. And I hadn't. Had you? <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's how, how you get ahead in life. Yes, you, just, you, lo- yep, mm-hmm. you, you fake just, it till you make it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never, I don't think I'd ever even really hosted anything. Um, <laughs> red, I'd never done a red carpet before. Really? No. And I, I got the job. And I remember, I remember being pretty nervous about that one. But then I I did it like I did it right. and then I I thought I got I got this hosting thing I can talk a lot so yeah you're, you're good at that yeah, mean, yeah 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 you know yeah <laughs> Jonathan listen to me yap all the time in the dressing room 
<laughs> so I found this thing that I, but the second that I was given the lines as an actor, yeah, or, uh, you know, I had to sing, I'm, uh, this, the, the nerves are back. So I found hosting was my way in. And I was I would still get nervous, but it wasn't the same level right. of, of nervousness. And then I think just doing that over and over and over and over again. And that was my bread and my butter. And then I just had free time. And so I just thought I need to I need to be able to face this fear because I'm already out in L.A. I'm making a living. Right. I have all this free time when I'm not hosting. So I might as well be auditioning and acting and challenging myself and giving myself that, that second shot. And that's why I did it. Yeah. But I it was painful the whole the whole way. Was painful, and then I ultimately realized I don't really want to do a lot of the stuff that I was like what? That I was pursuing. Well, like I, I didn't love working on TV sets and um, film sets, and it's not that I don't enjoy acting. I, I actually really I love acting in class. It's really fun. Right, right. But the actual lifestyle of the actor was so unappealing to me. Me too. Um, I hated the fact that I was like canceling on my friends because I had auditions the next day, yeah. and just like this, it was the it was the living in this kind of like I hate constant the revolving door. I hate the trailer life. Yeah, when I hate the wor- trailer life. I hated. I was working yeah. on movies in Colorado, and I did one in Oregon, and Tell and me just movies constantly you did. being Tell me some gone. Movies you did. Um, I did well. One was technically like a, a series slash movie. It was <laughs> Sorority Forever mm-hmm. in yeah. uh, in in Washington, state yeah. of Washington. Fifteen girls, all in a hotel. That one was a fun one, but you know I was really young. Yeah. Would I want to do that now? Would I want want to go? Be, I, I wouldn't I don't I don't envy people that have to go and spend months of their life on a set when they've got kids and a family and that just doesn't sound appealing to me at all but you can with what you've carved out for yourself you yeah, can I, wake I, up in the morning I, and go like what my do whole I want? schedule it's my schedule and what do I want to do today exactly I choose when I work I and that was the whole thing I read I read the four-hour work week I think maybe two years after I moved here. And I, I remember just being so bummed out because I was like, man, this is a great book, but it doesn't apply to people in the entertainment industry because right. I have to work when I get work and when auditions happen, they happen. And this is just how it is. And I signed a few contracts on shows that uh, you know took place in Georgia and like six-year contracts. So I was in New York. I signed like seven pilot contracts <laughs> in New York City. So I kept going down this, I was in this mindset of nothing is permanent. I was one of those flaky L.A. people that could never commit to anything or anyone or any relationship because my lifestyle depended on me being incredibly flexible as a human being. Right. And I just hated it. So I finally, at 26, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Can you look? And I, I went full fledged into YouTube at that point. But and you are on YouTube like one of the queens. Well, I'm one of the veterans. <laughs> it's different. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that it, different. at your age you're considered I'm an a old vet person? Yeah. That is amazing to me. Well, tell me something that that from the uh, uh, American Idol, from the fear and the fucking. Ooh, tell me what you what good you took out of that. What good I took out of it? Um, I, I, I definitely am not overly confident in that world. I mean, it's you know, I just never will be. I never, I can't take. Well, I mean, let me ask you this mm-hmm. because for me, and I've had situations not where I froze up, but where I feel like I shit the bed in a big bad way uh, and so for me going back to the same stage or just getting on a stage again and doing well I can tell you what that did for me was it showed me that it everything is a bump in the road that's true that's do you know what I mean true. like everything no matter how bad you feel at the time and sometimes look especially as performers it be- can be bad 
it can be horrible. it can be really bad and your whole and your whole livelihood depends on this and if you feel like you suck Yes, it's the it's, worst feeling. It, the spiral is this, Taryn. The spiral is this. Look, as a performer, I'm not an accountant, right? So I'm not handing my reports in, which are not personal to me. So if someone says you didn't do a good job on these reports, you're like, oh, oh yeah, I messed up this number, and you go back and you make corrections, but it doesn't affect you personally because you're not putting your who am I out there. Mm -hmm. When your who am I you're putting out there, and people reject it, and that is the exact thing that you have to use for your livelihood, it's. A yeah. mind fuck. Yeah. Because you've just been told that thing that which you have to make your money with isn't yeah. good enough. I'll tell you where it served me actually is YouTube. Because the, the by very nature nothing can be precious on that website. You're making so much content all the time and you just you get used to the fact that you're gonna be putting out shit. Which is which is very different from the Hollywood mentality. I was going to ask you about that. Of you know of taking the time to develop out projects yeah. and really and and make them as good as possible and. The good thing about that is you get a lot of really amazing pieces of art, right. like amazing films, amazing TV shows. It takes a lot of people. The bad part about that is when those things aren't amazing, which is also quite frequent, it's devastating for everyone involved. You just spent two years of your life working on a, on a movie that sucks. I mean, how many actors like go to these films that they're in and they're they're devastated at how it turned out? And with me, I'm like, well, that was just last Tuesday's video. Have another week to do it all over again. So nothing's precious. I put out crap a lot, but the good part about it is I'm constantly creating. And I think I think going through something like American Idol and having that devastating experience and other ones along the yeah. way, it just makes everything less precious. Like everything's just more fun for me. I don't take anything too seriously. I found out this morning I got fired from a job that I hadn't started. This Morning. <laughs> no, this is this is a true story. My agents called. We're we're the same agents, right? Yeah, yeah. My agents called and they go, Taryn, twelve years here, at CAA, never had this happen before. And I'm like, okay, great. What is it? They're like, well, you got fired from the job that I was supposed to start this week. Um, it was a show. I won't say what network, but it was a show I had been offered to host the show. Yep. Uh, and they're like, your a few of your YouTube videos didn't make it past background check. The network finds them too offensive. Oh shit, I'm in trouble. And uh, they're not going to let you host the show. And even if you offer to take them down, right? They're not. They're not. Do you know to do which it. ones they were? They won't tell me. Probably can, because. Can you assume? Do you have any ideas? No. You don't they, do they things don't know. That are very the, the agent said they'll try to find out. Right. But um, I'm I'm guessing. Oh well, I mean, no, I definitely have ideas. I mean, but I've done so many offensive videos. Right. So like, where does <laughs> where do you draw the line? I mean, wrong hole or yeah. uh, coffee makes you poo. Like wh where right. I don't know where they draw the line. You have a song called Wrong Hole. Yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, I do. But that one, that one's a classic. And, yeah, and it's dude. not even that one's not even on my channel. Uh, where is it? Because I'm gonna have to Google it when I get out of here. It's uh, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. And it's like it has like eighty million views. Does it really? Song. Yeah. That again, it's not on my channel. So, but, why isn't um, it on your channel? Actually, you know what? I think I do have another. There's another one. Yeah, there is one on my channel. Actually, how old is that song? Seven years old. Discovery Channel didn't have a problem with it. MTV didn't have a problem with it. VH1 never had it. I mean, all these places haven't had a problem with it. But this network, I, I don't know. How if many it's, songs? By the way, have I don't you know if it's that song. I mean, maybe maybe they got upset about the pot dispensary. Uh, the the marijuana episode on my on my I'm really on my party fun times, but I mean it's crazy. I've never had this happen ever. How many songs have you written in in, in videos? How many how many vi videos or songs? Well, you, like music videos Vi of your own original music video. I've had 
I've had I did a comedy th- album. Yes. And then I did another album that was a covers album. Uh, and then I've I've done uh, singles, originals, and then a number of covers. I've probably done 50, 40 to 50 songs. Can I ask you a question? Yes. About the comedy originals? Sure. Because it, here's, this is the way, we, our, the, the way we go about things differently, you and I. Just what you said, which is you put out stuff on YouTube knowing some of this is going to be good, some is going to be bad. The yeah. most important thing is content. I just have to make it, yeah. When I sit down to make a zip video... I, my mindset is uh, no, that doesn't. Mm, I gotta. I'm struggling with it so much to make sure that it's perfect. But mm-hmm. to put it online, it doesn't have to be perfect, huh? No, no one. I mean, it's just you see all the time all these videos that are shot on iPhones <laughs> do so well on on YouTube. It just doesn't really matter. I think people just either relate to it or they don't. Right. And if you, I've I've learned the hard way. I can put a bunch of money into certain videos, and those are the ones that. They look snazzy, and and I think there's value in that. I mean, whenever I have network executives, for instance, asking to see things that I've done on my YouTube channel, and I'm like, which of the 500 videos do you want to see? Um, You know, I pick out the few that I'm most proud of as far as production, you know, production value, because I like to say. Do you even read the comments anymore? Oh, hell no. How long ago did you stop doing that? A year and a half ago, probably, two years ago. It's good for your soul not to read those that is like I mean, I wasn't, honestly, I really didn't read them that much even when I started because the first video I put up before I, I started my channel three and a half years ago, but my, I started making YouTube videos in 2007 mm-hmm. and my first video I put up was a viral video for Hillary Clinton that was like a spoof of the Obama girl video. Yeah. And that video got more hate than anything I've ever done. Really? And that was my first video. So it was great because it was like, it was a perfect training ground for dealing with negative comments. Um, I, I find most of them funny. Occasionally someone will say something that really hits home. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're so right about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I get really bummed out, you know? Oh, I yeah. I get really bummed out. I, but, uh. My line yeah. is comments about my kids. Who That's my line. comments about your kids? You know, I, I, um, did not post for a long time. I did not post anything with my daughter. Because when I started posting things with Caitlin, um, people made, you know, the internet is the internet. And right. they made sexual and terrible mm, comments. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it actually, listen, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it, 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 it really drew a line. It made my relationship with Caitlin really difficult for a long time because she thought, she would see pictures of, and, and Trevor asked not to be on there. She would see pictures of Jakey, but the dudes aren't saying disgusting right. things. So she, there was a problem. And I had wow. to finally tell her, I said, listen, I know I'm picking right now your mental health. Yeah. Because at 14 or 15. No, it's not okay. No. Yeah. And you can't be the constant moderator. No. For that. It's impossible. No. Yeah. Um, are, how dead is Twitter? <laughs> I haven't looked at my, I look at my at replies once a month. Yeah. If that, and it's just to make sure I didn't, you know, miss anything major. (laughs) Um, No, I just, I barely use it. Twitter's dead. But I also, I'm also in a weird frame of my life where, a weird moment in my life where I feel like just social media in general, I could care less about it. And I, I'm just so, it's, it was, it was part of our, I think our, what's the, graduation into this next world. Yeah. Like 2.0 world. And it's scary that it's now been several year, five years since Twitter became huge. And, right. and I think we've all scaled back a little bit on all of it because it's it's impossible to keep up and maintain a healthy, normal life 
and have all of these social media channels to keep up with. It's absolutely impossible. And I don't want to be Snapchatting my entire life. No, you know, you know, fun. No. And I tell people all the time, especially when they're at my shows, like I see someone on the camera. I'm like, you're here. Yeah. Who who are you going to show that video to? It's like when I see people go to the beach and they bring their camera and they Mm -hmm. videotape just one quick pan of the ocean. They put it away. I'm like, who are you going to fucking torture with that 15 second video of the ocean? Who are you going to fucking show that? You know, the worst videos ever. My buddy invite. Okay. My buddy, I I went to college with and I won't say his name. He invited me and another one of my friends over to his house. And he was like, hey, man, we come over his house. He was like, guys, got a video to show you. And we were like, oh, okay. And um, his, <laughs> he sits down in the living room with us, and he's like, uh, you know, I, I debated who I would show this video to, but I think you get the right guys. And he puts the video in, and he goes, it's just beautiful, and his wife's name is Candace. Candace, come in here. Candace sits down. We just want to share it with a couple of really close people. And the video turns on, and they're in a hospital. And I go, oh, no, no Tim, turn this off. <laughs> turn this off. And he was like, no, 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 it's childbirth. I go, no, no, I know what it is. 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 I know what yeah. it is. I go, you got to turn it off. Yeah. And he goes, why? I go, Do you, don't ever show anyone that video. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Then I'm going to go have dinner. I just looked at your wife's vagina and I'm going to be like, hey, Candace, pass the yams. Like, Ew. what the fuck? Yeah, no. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. There's no, there's some things that should not there be videotaped. There are no lines anymore. No, there are no lines anymore. I, I now sound like an old person. But you're right. When I talk to the young social media stars who are 17, 18, and they've now been broadcasting their life since they were 12 or 13. But their whole do, life, right? They do makeout challenges on the YouTube channel. What do you mean? I mean, basically where they have to make out with each other if they lose a game or whatever on the At 12? video. And they're, they're huge start. These videos have 6 million, 7 million views on them. Watching 12-year-olds make out. Well, I mean, they're like 14. Watching 14, that's called child porn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, chi- yeah. so pedophiles have a new channel on YouTube oh, yeah, for 14 do. year olds. Watch 14 year olds make out. Yeah. Basically. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they're 16. They look really young to me. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So you look really young to me. You look 16. <laughs> uh, so, uh, wait, wait, wait. So, when you say mentoring young YouTube stars, what does that mean? Oh, not mentoring. It's just when I see them or talk to right. them because we all go to the same events. I've been avoiding the events like the plague for the past like six to nine months. But, um, you know, when I see when I see them and how they interact and the things that they're doing, it just it's it's uh, they're it's, exposing it's their whole me. life. Well, and I think but because they're all exposing their own lives and not just YouTube stars, their whole generation yes. is exposing everything. And so that then makes nothing precious. Um, you know, the, it doesn't really matter when everyone's publishing this kind of content, right? Like yeah. no one really notices. So I don't even have a problem so much with that. I just, I mean, I but it's so own, voyeuristic. But, but I just feel like they're not, they're missing out on living life. Yes. Like they're living their life as a filmmaker and they're doing things to get likes and fans and followers not to get real true friends or, yes. you know, th- it's just the way that they interact with other people in their own life is so different. That That's what scares me. Or, uh, like, I, you're not going to be a well-adjusted no, adult. <laughs> but they don't know how to interact with other people. No. Because look. And what happens to them in five years? Like, I don't I don't get where that, where that goes. If you've got millions yeah. of followers, those kids that are following them are going to go to college and then they're going to graduate from college and they're going to have like real shit to deal with, like car insurance and getting a job. And yeah. they're not going to be like following their Tyler. old life. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tyler's <laughs> adventures at yeah, Coachella. Yeah. Look, it's Tyler and Owen, everybody. 
Tyler and Owen seem to me to be the perfect names for those two douchebags. It's perfect. It's Tyler and Owen. Come it's on, we're Chella, Chella, Chella. Exactly. Uh, I, I <laughs> listen. I did a show at the Laugh Factory, and there were in, in the Laugh Factory. This bottom the top was like a little balcony. Yeah. And the balcony was like, I'm listen. I'm not exaggerating. Twenty of the hottest twenty. They were all one hotter than the other. Twenty-three-year-old women sitting yeah. up there. Uh, oh my god. And they were, <laughs> and they were, <laughs> they were at a comedy show. Yeah. And, but they were Snapchatting each other and talking to each other. And then they'd turn and pay attention for 10 seconds. <laughs> and then they'd Snapchat. Oh my God, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. It was the, how do you enjoy? They're commenting on their own life throughout their life. It is the weirdest. It's like you're watching a, a person that's in a reaction video, like reacting to another yeah. video. Oh, that's crazy. You know? They're doing it to themselves. Yes. I told my brother. I'm going to react to my own life right I'm going to react to my own reaction. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I told my brother he's got a little uh, little girl, and I said, dude, you got to put the camera down. And he said, why? I go, if you're constantly taking picture of your child, she's going to think that that's what life is, yeah. is that people take videos and pictures of me all the time because I'm so important. Yeah. Look, mom and dad took some pictures of us. Now, they probably could have taken more. Um, by the time I was around, they had already taken pictures of three older brothers, and they were like, "Fuck him." We right. got pictures of the right, older right. ones, but still, I had a great childhood. Sage advice. My childhood is not any worse because I don't have a picture of every day I was alive. Yeah. And point being, like, also, this is special. Let's take a picture of it. Right. Not let's take a picture of every second of every minute you're alive. Oh, that's a video of you going. Huh! Let's take a video tomorrow of you going. Huh! Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like so. And that's what gets me about, I mean, basically, as much as I love this career that I sort of chose for myself, it's also the one that represents the thing that I hate the most. I think there's going to be a much bigger burnout and faster burnout rate for this generation of social media stars than there is for the traditional people. I'm very curious. I'm really I, curious about I think that. so. There's I already wonder. been some kids who have stepped away, right? I don't know. They're, they're, I, I, I don't even keep tabs on them anymore. I A year ago, I unfollowed everyone in the space not because i don't like them or because they're bad people but just because i'm like i'd rather follow cats and tiny houses on instagram what's cats and tiny houses <laughs> you know like cat accounts yeah and like the tiny house accounts what's really, a tiny house account? have you seen the tiny house no movement? no oh my god all these people are building tiny she knows oh they're trailers well, well some of them aren't some why, of them aren't why? but there's just this whole movement towards decluttering uh -huh. and simplifying your life and so there's all these architects that have popped up who built tiny houses and people for tiny people, people get, no for regular people they're they're but mobile homes. A lot of them are, but not all of them. Okay, so wait. So some people, because I know some people that have built them. How? Like yeah. they're like what? Twelve hundred square foot? No, 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 no. Tiny houses. They're like three hundred square feet. Huh? And and everything. What they got a Murphy bed? You know the Murphy bed that falls yeah. out of the wall? We're Are you going to show me? I'm going to show you a tiny house. I know you like so, cats. Yeah, you know I love cats. Yeah. But I, so I shifted my social media consumption to being stuff that I act, that actually gives me joy rather than stuff that I feel I have to. I follow you on Instagram, actually. Sorry about um, that. Do you no, see, the, do you see the trash? I, the, the, the furniture people live out in my neighborhood? Yeah, that was it's great. fucking craziest. That couch was excellent. <laughs> I really wanted it. it. People actually called me about the refrigerator I posted yesterday. Can I ask you a, because last time I saw you, do you remember last yeah. time I saw you? Oh, I was crying at the coffee shop? At Starbucks? I was, cry I was crying. How has and that- And they're so sweet to how me. Has Look, that, tiny house basics. How has that changed you, that experience? That is, that is like a Gulfstream. That's like a little trailer. 
that actually is like a that's like a it almost looks like a shed where you would keep your rakes and your lawnmower oh my goodness um tell me how that changed you because yeah. i will tell you even pre that and i this we're talking about a dude yeah pre that when i knew you when you were going out with him yeah and post now you uh and this is the i can honestly say this this is the as far as your energy and what you emit uh, this is the calmest and most present I think I've ever seen you. Wow. Do you Thank feel you. that way? Do you feel like, have you come bound the other side of that breakup? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How no, long did that, how that. long did that consume you, that, that one? <laughs> way too long. Was it when two was, years? I mean, oh, the relationship or the, the breakup? From beginning to end, the, like the breakup, how long did the breakup stay with you? Oh, man. I don't think, I mean... A, over a year yeah over a year i i mean a year after yeah i would say nine months after the breakup i felt still pretty devastated what was your seminal moment crazy when did i see you for coffee last that was summer? close to that close to the nine month that's right what was the seminal moment because you know i asked you earlier about like you know not feeling nervous because i i truly find like you never really know when you get over something until it's been like a month and you're like, wait, I haven't saw, I haven't thought of him in a month. Yeah. Do you Can you think of that kind of moment for you where you were like, oh, shit, I might actually be over him? Yes. Um, and I don't, I mean, I still, I, st I probably still think about him once a day, you know, at yeah. least. But, but I think that happens with our first true love. Right. It's one of those places in your body or heart. Yeah. That just is like. I, of course, I'm not. I would never go back out with them. I don't love them anymore. But there's that one thing where you, that first time you gave that part of yourself. Yeah. That's why it felt so special because you had never felt it before. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So all of your cells, and we're 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 humans, so we love to. I mean, we're our instinct is to attach. Yeah. Right. And so there's all these attachment things that aren't necessarily related to truth or reality. But um, I've been I've just worked so much on that but I think that the moment for me was last September I went an entire month and uh no it wasn't an entire month I'm sorry I went a whole day the first weekend of September I went a whole weekend excuse me whole weekend without crying that's a big one that was a huge one I remember being like oh my god I didn't cry all day Saturday or all day Sunday and then it turned into a week and then like two weeks yeah you know, and then and then you realize that's when you're you're really moving on and getting over someone. But do do you feel like? How do you feel like it changed you? Uh, it definitely made me a more present person, hundred percent. Because I was so devastated and grieving so hard over the loss of this relationship that I was trying everything, mm -hmm. everything, and I think the pursuit of trying to be a better person actually led me to some really interesting answers in that realm. I mean, I, I like I said, I got Can you share any off, of them? Yeah, sure. I mean, Xanax, right? I was yeah. talking about how <laughs> yeah. I used to use it uh, a lot for, I, I started taking it for my audition anxiety. And as I was working- You took a Xanax before you went into an audition? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, that didn't put you to sleep? No, because when you're actually really nervous, right. it just tempers you. So, and I would get so worked up and so nervous that it would just bring me down to, you know, wow. a normal level. And then when I was working on sets, you know, doing sitcoms and I was still taking. Yeah. And then when I got into this relationship, I was actually doing much less of the, you know, the acting stuff by that point. But it was a long distance relationship. And so I was on a different time zone as him. And so there was a lot of when we travel needing to take, I was taking Xanax to go to sleep at night, all of that. Right. And um, I think it, I think it kind of messed up. Like, I wasn't taking it that frequently. Like my doctor says, you were definitely not addicted to it. I see what I prescribed you. Right. But I 
I was taking it too much for me, and I compl- I completely got off of that um, over a year ago and haven't had any. So that's amazing. Um, had to like reset the chemistry in my brain there, right. but because I just wanted to, I wanted to understand what like base level was for <laughs> when you're that emotional and that upset all the time. Like you, you want to figure out what what do I feel like without anything in my yeah. body. So that was really interesting. Um, I started meditating. I meditate every single day. How is that? I really want to start. It's amazing. Is it really? I use an app called Headspace. And I'm that down. Did you do it in the morning? I try to do it uh, first thing in the morning. Yeah, I have a Headspace. coffee and then I go meditate. Um, and I just do 10 minutes and then a lot of times I'll do 10 minutes at night. So, so 20 minutes a day usually, but, um, what do you feel like that does for you? I have a new, uh, awareness of my body that I didn't have before. Like the feeling of just being, just sitting and being alive and feeling like the energy moving about my body. I do. So I do body scan meditation. Uh That's like my favorite form because there's different types. Um, Mantra based where you're repeating a mantra. There's visualization and and body scans works really well for me. And it's where you close your eyes and you just you kind of run down your body from the top of your head to your feet. um, And you just sort of do this like scan awareness of what's happening. Do you have any weird pains, aches, uh, stiffness? And it's really great when you're emotional, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, like, when I'm emotional, usually you can find a place where that that's that energy is kind of harnessed in your yeah. body. And it's really weird. But I'm like, I feel, even when I'm sick and I do the body scan now, I can like, feel where the sickness really? is. Yeah. So I have this, uh, yeah, I'm just, I feel much more in my body, which is probably why I feel more present. Yeah. Um, the other things that I did. Because, again, I just I knew that there were things in my life I wanted to fix about myself, but you don't do it until you've reached rock bottom. <laughs> and but I think as... I hit a level of rock bottom for me. Like that that breakup, there was a few months there that were dark after that. And so then the process of getting trying to find happiness, I realized I, I started creating these new rituals for myself, which ultimately it didn't even matter what the ritual was. Like it was what? about me respecting myself and loving myself enough to like implement these new practices in my life on a day-to-day basis to make sure that I felt better. Got and that it. just meant I was loving myself more. Um, Can I just like, say, by the way, yeah, and for your generation especially, because your generation, 30 to me, there's still a lot of children who are 30. There's a lot of children who are 40. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. In this, But you're, you, I'm telling you, there's something different. Like you're just like a grown person now. Thank you. Yeah, it's really... I'm a grown lady. Yeah. Like, now, I would never call anyone a lady. <laughs> that seems like an insult, I think. Isn't lady an insult? That's uh, like, you don't want I'm wanna... from Kansas. It's fine. Hey, lady. <laughs> um, wow. So you... you. So some rituals. Yeah. I mean, the meditation is one of them. I, I wrote out all of these affirmations uh, for myself and quotes that I love, and I put them up all over my bedroom and in my bathroom on the mirrors. And I realized at one point, like, if I ever have a guy back... When I get back into the game, I'm gonna look like a psychopath with all my affirmations. It's and hilarious. It's like, it's like you are loved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with just a doll hanging on a noose. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> oh man. <It's... laughs> you want some wine? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that you do end up doing all these things that are um, that are that are ultimately you know better for you. I I changed my my consumption habits on social media, right? Like taking Good. away the things that would give me anxiety or make me feel make me feel negative. I just right. stopped doing them. I I turned off all the notifications on my phone. Me so too. 
I don't get them. I have to physically look at my phone and choose when I want to interact with the outside world versus getting the beeps. And it's not just the beeps. I don't I don't get the little overlay notifications. The only notifications I get are from Headspace. They send you like two little blurbs a day and I turn those on because I like them. And it's right. like, just a reminder to breathe. <laughs> you know, Hold they're like these <laughs> sweet little, and you're like, I but it's game changer to not have texts constantly going off and emails. I have to push them. I don't check emails on the weekend and I don't check emails after 8 p.m. at night. So there's nothing that will keep me awake at night before so I go to bed. What time I get you turn the bad email at 7 a.m. instead of at right. 11 p.m. Uh, I don't turn it off. I just put it on airplane mode when I go to sleep. But I just I keep it on. I just don't check emails. So if I have text messages that come at night, I get those. But no emails. Just I just don't check them. So that was life changing. I put all my social media apps on the second page of the phone yeah. so only the fun ones on the first page like my meditation app and stuff right and then all the dirty social media ones on the second page so i have to physically swipe an extra page if i want to get to that. i mean a whole page but i'm telling you this stuff changes habits it changes habits and then and then yeah just get making my weekends my weekends not making them around work only like with friends and people i care about and, I, I think it's really important you know yeah. my, the guy who was on the show last week a guy named graham elwood said he wakes up every morning and before he turns on his phone, he meditates for 30 minutes. The second time somebody said that, mm -hmm. he said, I don't want to see anything on the phone. I yeah. want to go upstairs. I want to, he says, sits on his roof. And for 30 minutes, it's just time for him. Yeah. And so how do you feel like, because. I you journal know, too. Every, do you? Almost every day. As addicted as we all are to our phones. Yeah. I find that when I can step away from it, I'm happier. Yeah. I'm, I'm so much happier. A hundred percent. And so that's what it really boils down to, because before I think I was caught in this loop in, in a lot of areas in my life of doing things because I felt I had to or mm -hmm. I should in order to be competitive. And I realized that's all bullshit. Like, it's all stuff that you're, we're just fed. And if you look at most really successful people, they're really good at turning off the valves. They're really good at setting boundaries for themselves and for, the, you know, for mm -hmm. everyone in their life. Because, you know, when you're the more successful you get, the more people are entering your life, the more distractions you have, and you have to get really good at shutting off those like open valves. And so I was listening to podcasts and, and reading books and realizing that You're all, obviously listening to this podcast. I was listening to Josh Wolf's podcast. And yeah. I realized that this common thread <laughs> is people being able to set boundaries and, and develop a set of rituals that make them feel good and having enough. I You know, something I used to do that would be devastating um, in general throughout my whole 20s because we had social media all through my dating life. Right. I, I would love to know what it was like before that. But anytime you did I would not go stalk through a, anybody. Yes. Anytime I would go through a breakup in my 20s, if I would, I always recognize that when I would get sad about it, of, the first thing I would do is go look up the person on Facebook or Instagram. And and the reason being, there's actually, a, there's a real psychology here. What is it? So when, um, there's a name for it. There's a woman who Psychotic? writes a book about letting go. And oh. it's about letting go of, of people in your life and relationships and all this stuff. But but there's a thing that happens when we lose someone. Yeah. Like when someone dies, a thing that frequently happens, like a mother will call her son's cell phone over and over and over, even though really? she knows he's gone. And it's just human instinct to want to connect, to like get that connection back. It's There's a severing of that attachment. And so that was similar to me. I think it was just my way of wanting to connect and like see what they're doing. But of course, it never made me feel good. No. Ever. It always made you feel worse. Because you're Unless like, they're it, having no, fun. The only, <laughs> yeah, the only way it makes you feel better is if they're crying or writing you love songs. Nobody's crying on their Instagram, are they? Some people are. Did someone write you a love song? I had I had, a, I had one ex-boyfriend write me a love song. You broke up with him? I did. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody breaks up with somebody else and then writes them a love song. That would be a fucking dick move. <laughs> I don't want to go with you anymore. And then, by the way, here's a little love song I wrote for you. 
<laughs> to tell you why I broke up with you. Yeah. Okay. So when you were turning off the uh, uh, and separating yourself from the phone, yeah, I find to be incredibly helpful for my own peace of mind. Great practice. Focus. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Okay. How did the breakup, yeah. if at all, affect your work? Not during. I mean, I'm assuming during it. Well, you were there at the. You were there right yes. before it all happened. Yes, I, I had been given the ultimatum when we were working on Shark After Dark. By the and way, that was distressing. He was, you were so far out of his league. Like when he walked on set, I'm like, that's no way. That's her boyfriend. And then this little fucking troll walks over. I'm like, holy shit! Like, she, he must live in one of those little houses, right? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Wait, what do you mean troll? No, he was just not a like. He's not what I was expecting to see. I, what I imagined you to be with the dude I imagined you to be with. That's really funny. I was like, look, she's giving a little make-a-wish. Isn't that... <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you were out of his first league. First of all, you acted like uh, he was a midget. He's he, taller no, than me. <laughs> but you're not a big person. But 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 you were out of his league, though. I mean, you might say that. I, I, I didn't feel that way. Yeah, but you were. Everybody on the set was like, that dude. <laughs> really? That's so funny. He stepped in a pot of gold. That's so funny. Oh, we'll send him this video. Later. Yeah, we'll send it to him. We'll tell him. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, that's right, bro. That's why when it's I get really mad funny, at somebody, I Because I released bro. a song about like the aftermath, not for him, but right. it was like a song about my experience. And people in the comments were trying to find him and like Hilarious. figure out who he was and, and harass him. He was a nice enough dude. I, 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 I'm yeah, fucking yeah, on. Yeah. He was a nice enough. But how did it affect your work? Um. Oh, my God. I was. I was rendered incapable of, uh, I think, I think it took all the, I just didn't, I, I didn't care. I didn't care about any of it anymore. So during those nine months, when you, you look back at those videos and you're like, oh, geez. oh yeah, it, I think it was very evident that I was in a not caring sort of state and I was doing other things. I, I, I like right afterwards I had signed a deal with Vimeo to release a feature length film. I remember that. And that I thought, Oh great. I have something to distract myself with. Yeah. And that was just a nightmare because I was just emotionally. Did you write that? I, well, it wasn't really a script. I mean, we, <laughs> we sort of just shot this movie. We had shot this movie already seven years earlier right. with friends and it was supposed to be a, a faux documentary. Yeah. And then we had to figure out how to put it together in a four-week time period into a into a film, and it it was just it was it was a crazy thing that I did, and it was I'm grateful that I I, I don't even know that I'm grateful <laughs> for it. You've done a well, lot just, of shit. It was just a lot to do in a month, and yeah. it, was, it was at a bad time, so it was just really hard on me. And then I think it just I I really took a step back from everything I was working on and said, why does this matter? What's really important to me? What do I really want to be saying to the world? And putting out there and what I was working on just no longer felt like a reflection of me. So I changed things up. I did, you know, I did an album last year that was a more serious album. Right. I put out a ton of music because that was just felt more me. And then that ended it. I'm like, okay, what what next? Um, Have your so. fans like, you know, in the, in the traditional sense in our business, your fans kind of grow with you. Yeah. Does that happen on YouTube or do people eventually leave YouTube? Uh, they do because well because your fans get older right and they're going through their own life stuff and so the people that would have come to me when I started my channel and was doing a bunch of like haha dating humor right and um, you know it was a lot of like 20 something I'm a hot mess sort of thing yep and that was that was the humor and then and then that's that if you know that's what they're attracted to and then they're changing and then I'm changing and then there's just 
there's very little alignment. So I haven't done a good job of cultivating a specific audience on YouTube for that reason. I've got some viewers that are just the most amazing viewers. They stick around rain or shine no matter what. Right. And they could care less what it is. But that you know, that's not sustainable as a business. <laughs> your your five true fans. <laughs> you talking about Marnie in Iowa? She's not gonna be able to pay your rent for you? Unfortunately <laughs> not. So So yeah. I've recognized and I've sat there and I've been looking at the I mean I look at the numbers and it's obvious that that I you know I've lost a lot of a lot of viewership as a result of my wavering interest. But you have to find who you are. Well, you have to find who you are, and then also, but also I realize, like, my art is not me. And, and wait, my wait, wait, art, wait, 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 like, back that up. Well. You, but don't you put, isn't your art? It's a reflection of yes. you. But if you're constantly an evolving, changing person, I mean, some people can stick with their shtick for a long time, or they just, they insist on only doing that you know I mean, we know actors like that change it up all the time and then there's the actors who don't they've got their shtick and they do their shtick their entire life and that's she's it she's talking to you Vin Diesel <laughs> <laughs> it's all I, about yeah, Vin Diesel I believe Vin Diesel she was uh, the very nice way to say hey Vin Diesel yeah change it up a little bit yeah I mean the funny thing is is now I'm in a really good place so I could actually see myself doing dumb dating humor stuff again just because I'm having a great time in life so everything seems more fun and interesting when you're not you're kind of when you're just devastated it's much easier to do something that, that speaks to your heart yeah. I think and so that's why I had a, a really hard time with it for a while do you have any desire for network stuff, for TV stuff, or you? Well, clearly they. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when based you clean up your potty mouth and your wrong hole videos. Yeah, based on this morning, um, <laughs> a series of events. I don't know if they'll take me. I, I um, will tell you, I've been in a bunch of meetings. Yeah. And um, when I, whenever I talk about having a co-host, and they say, "Would it be a male or a female?" And I say, "It has to be female." And say they say give me three names, and your name is always one of three names. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank and people you. always say, "Oh, we love her." Really? Always. Now oh, that's there nice. there are some names where people go, "No." Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There was one. <laughs> Can you name the name? No. Oh, um, but I remember I said her name, and um, the dude who I was talking about the show with, he goes, "To do what?" I go, "To to to be my co-host," and he goes. She's got to be the single most annoying person on the planet. And I was like, is that a no? So that's a no for her? Or and he was like, yeah, yeah. That's a, like a definite no. Like wow. I know. He, he said, this was a quote, the sound of her voice makes me want to punch someone in the face. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay. Bold. Yeah, yeah. Reel it in a little. A no would have been plenty. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't have to get into the sound of her. But your name is, they loved you when you came on my show. Oh, thank you. They were so sweet. That was that was really fun. Your your CMT show that was great. You did a great job with that. Yeah, obviously not that great of a job, Taryn. <laughs> but see, that that's my whole thing. I mean, I would I do network TV again? Yeah. I mean, I haven't spent I've spent the last three years like figuring out how to build my own little business, right. And and really really took a back seat. So I've taken things when it's been offered, right? Like the Discovery Channel thing and. Um, and, and I've turned things down too that I'm like, no, I don't want to host a show with n people who are naked and dating each other. Right. But, um, you know, or whatever the setup is, there's certain things, but I, I just feel like there's, it's not something for me to really actively pursue anymore because it takes away from this other thing. How could now, but you're so funny. How come you would never do stand up? Oh my God. I am not that funny. First of all. And I would, again, I would just, I just think. 
it's it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of work to put that stuff together, and I and I and and, and I would. I would uh, my stomach uh, my stomach couldn't handle it. I would just be shitting all of the time. Seriously, that is not that's be not funny. Nervous pooping all the time. That's funny for the first five minutes of the set, but then you got to try something else. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. I, I I've I I will tell you from from doing stand up, I've experienced things that I don't think I obviously. I've I've had someone throw up on my feet before. I've had uh, people have sex in the front row. Wow, that's fun. That was a, in Seattle, New Year's. See, I would switch careers if that's what. It... But no, it's not great. Not, it's like a nudist colony. The people you want okay. to have sex in the front row are never the ones are that, not having yeah. sex in the front row. This girl, it was New Year's Eve, and she was super drunk, and she was sitting in the front row, and then she was sitting next to him, and then she was sitting on him, and then she straddled him, and they were full on having sex. In the front row. Wow. You know when you get so drunk that you just... You ever seen the drunk people making out on the dance floor They're who are oblivious to everybody else? Yeah. They're just the sloppy drunk, too, the, yeah. with the tongue. Ah, ah. That's the worst. Like yeah. the, So they were doing that except having sex in the front row. Wow. And the rest of the <laughs> audience and I commented on it. We did a play-by-play. Wow. It was a lot of fun. Um, I've, had, I've been in physical altercations. I've hit someone with a microphone in the head before. Yeah. Uh, stand up is like the reason I like it, and one of the reasons that it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, it's <laughs> different every show. I know. And I'm in charge of making it different every show. Right. That's what I love so much about it. Like, there's no way you can get bored. If you get bored doing stand up, all that means is one of two things you just don't like doing it anymore, or you're lazy. Right. Lazy meaning. I'm just doing the same thing Over every. Well, then that yeah. is fucking really boring. Yeah. But a couple of weeks ago, I knew I was gonna have a kind of a light show, people-wise, and I just went on stage and talked. Yeah. And I it, it, sometimes, and you have to get past that guilt of they paid, they're here. Right. I want to give them the best stuff, and then it's like, fuck it, I have to grow. Yeah. I have to have fun. I have to be better. And sometimes those shows are the best. I, awesome. I had a show in um. Liberty Center, Liberty Center, Ohio. Ooh, Saturday sexy. late show. It was like, or maybe a Sunday show. It was a Sunday show, yeah. which is usually not very, I mean, who's coming to a Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. Right. And I, I did like- <laughs> Hooligans. Oh, Josh, what do hooligans look like? I don't know. Hooligans, I think hooligan would be a good last name. If your name was Tommy Hooligan. Tommy Hooligan, Aaron? It sounds like it would be like the O'Hooligan. Tommy O'Hooligan. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, so tell me what's what's next for you. What do you want to do? Do you still like what's you, when you're building your own business? What does that mean? Um, well, I mean, I, I I suppose I've got my production company, Happy Cat Media, and right. so we have we Happy have Cat proj- Happy Cat. Tell me what the fascination with the cats and why why can't They're I get you so a dog? So cute. First of all, I travel a lot, and mm-hmm. dogs require a lot of thought, afterthought, and pre-thought if you're going to travel. Yes. And you got to put them in boarding and all mm-hmm. stuff. My cat. She just frolics around. She's an indoor-outdoor cat. Mm-hmm. I can just leave food and water, and she's fine for two weeks. Do, does that... It doesn't now, make me a good mother. Yeah, do you, by the, do you know when I hear that... <laughs> you just think... What that means to me is... Yeah. Your cat doesn't give one fuck about you. You're gone for two weeks. It's a cat. All your cat cares about is that there's food there. Correct. Okay. Correct. So that's... But they're... It's still... you know They're kind of funny. She sleeps with me every night. She does? She does. What's she her name? With, Tiggy. Tiggy? She's that's got an Instagram. Borderline inappropriate. Tiggy. Yeah. Well, no, because it's Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, but the female version. Did I ever tell you, this is the worst thing that I've ever texted, uh, tweeted ever. So somebody, this was like three years ago, maybe four years ago, somebody tweeted me something about the Celtics. 
basketball team. Yeah. Love the Celtics. Yeah. And they said, are you going to watch the Celtics tonight? And I tweeted back, big time. And then I read the guy's tweet back to me. He said, what? Do you know on your keyboard what letter is right next to the B? The N. So I didn't, oh, I did not, no. when he tweeted me about a basketball game, I didn't tweet back big time. I tweeted back nig time. And he said, what? And I looked at the tweet. I'm like, what the fuck? I couldn't erase that fast enough. Wow. And then I tweeted him back. I go, thank you so much for not retweeting that. He was like, I was stunned that you sent Nig Time back to me. And I was like, yeah, I was stunned too. Like that. Wow. And I, you got to be careful about that. Every time I type big now, I look at it. I'm like, yep, that's a B. And then before I send it, I go, is that a B? Yeah, that's a B. That's like, that was the worst there's some things you can misspell or letters. It's true. It happens. It happens. I didn't intend that to for that to be a close association. No, I know you didn't. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> little Tiggy. Yeah, little Tiggy. So little tiggy. you, how old is little Tiggy? Three, four, something like that. And yeah. are you? Does little Tiggy play nice with other cats? Nope. Does she hates t- other animals. Again, she's a, she is plus for a cat. She's a meanie head. But she's very entertaining to watch. She's very funny. Does she bring dead animals back? Yes, she does. Birds, rats, all of it. Into my bed. Into your bed? Yes, because she likes to sleep on the bed. With the dead animal? Yeah. Does your cat... Sometimes it's still alive. Oh, what the fuck? Like a little bit alive and it kind of... Here's my point. Here's my thing, okay? (laughs) This is why cats are... She hasn't done it in a while. But this is why cats are insane. One, you can leave for two weeks. Yeah. If I left my dog for two weeks, his head would explode. <laughs> He'd be like, what the fuck am I here? Am I by myself? I'm not supposed to be by myself. Yeah, like, yeah, right? His head. Cats don't care. You have food yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. Second thing. My theory about the dead animals. Yeah. I don't think they're proud. They don't want, they're basically putting that dead animal down in front of you and like, this could be you, bitch. You better behave. Maybe. Or you're going to end up dead. To express dominance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're I gonna can see up. that. I can now, see that. But, but cats, here's how they're crazy. What? They'll bring... Like the cat catches a mouse. Yeah. It'll put it in its mouth. It'll put it down. Yep. It'll play with it for a little while. Yep. It plays with its alive. No, I know. It likes to play. They're vicious. No, I know. They're crazy. They're crazy. But it's a pet. I still have a pet. Yeah. Now I have a pet that I don't have to take care of. True. That's great. How about a goldfish? Mm, Not not cuddly. How about can I can I send over my seventeen year old son? Oh, he's not seventeen anymore. He's nineteen. I know. He's now legal. He's nineteen. I can't. You're you are the only father I know that actively tries to get his son ass. Well, I've I, he's used me for a vagina before. Really? Well, he came home. Did I ever tell you the story? He came home once and he was like, hey, Dad, there's a girl coming over today. She's a big fan. I go, yeah. And he goes, can we work out a bit where I'm funnier than you? And oh, I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, you want to work out a bit? And he's like, you say something and then give me a line that's going to be funnier than yours. It'll be funnier, funnier than you. And then you say something like, you've always been funnier than me. I'm like, okay. That's and brilliant. We worked out the bit and I asked him later. I'm like, how'd it go? He goes, like a charm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I love your son. He's such a sweetheart. Here's the deal. He's doing I, just fine. I'm married. I, when I got into this game, married. When I had any kind of modicum, modicum of success, married. Yeah. So I can't, like every anybody who's ever had any kind of success, I can't use that for mm-hmm. what other guys use it for. Mm-hmm. So if I can push a little bit down for my son, yeah. I'd be a bad dad if I didn't. Right. Push right? down the funnel. I Does like anybody it. believe that, really? I don't Does know. Any, I, I don't think know. it works. I, get it. <laughs> I think it's fun. You're living vicariously through your son. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not vicariously, but well, kind of. I mean, you're getting enjoyment out of seeing him <laughs> win. <laughs> Aaron, on a scale of zero to ten, ten being the worst, what? Where does that leave me as far as bad parent? What? No, that's a great parent. It's still 
It's not terrible, Beth. Terrible. Area. It's in the gray area. It's in the gray area. What do you think? If it was your daughter, would you do this? No, I would not do the thing for my daughter. It's a complete double standard. Mm. Yeah. I I'm not scared to admit double standard as far as raising daughter and son. Yeah. I, I, for a myriad of reasons. One, I do not trust dudes. Right. On a, on a, on a, on so many different levels. I know so, listen, I stopped what I would call a, a fucking rape in college. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, this is not okay. Yeah. And he was like, I went out, we're drinking, we're just, we're just the negotiation, he called it the negotiation period. I'm like, what you're doing, dude, is forcing her to have sex with you. That's called rape. Right. I go, I'm not going to sit here and watch that. Right. right? So I know that guy. I know that guy now. He's got four great kids. He's a great dude. There is a line when there's booze involved and you guys, some guys just decide I'm, I'm going to have sex. Mm-hmm. And because they're drunk, they're like, oh, she's, she wants to have sex yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Okay. It's terrible. It's a fucking culture that needs to be fixed quick because even the next year, I talked to him about that. And he was like, I still don't think I did. I was doing anything wrong. I was like, you were physically trying to take her. He was pulling on one side of her panties while she was holding on to the other side. Yep. And I was like, he has four boys. So he, but I was like that. Okay. So that I'm not scared about happening to my son. This is at a good college with, you know, everybody there way more affluent than we were, but with what you would consider affluent, well-raised people, whatever that is. Of course. Okay. The double standard that for me and my daughter, just like on social media, and this could be wrong too, but I think there are a couple, and because of images that women are forced to look at, like, look, when Kim Kardashian puts up nude pictures and she goes, women empowerment, body empowerment, fuck you. You covered yourself up for six months after that baby was born. Mm -hmm. You want to empower women? Put out a naked picture when you don't feel good about yourself. Yeah. Put out that picture when you're 30 pounds overweight, which is what most women in this country look like. You want to make them feel bad about your, themselves. Put out the perfect picture of yourself mm -hmm. where this is what you all need to look like, which is bullshit anyways and unattainable. Yeah. But so my thing was what, that fucking that bothered me. And I never said anything about it. I'm not a woman. Maybe it's not my place. But for her to say women empowerment yeah i have my body i'm proud of my body we should not be shamed no i'm not shaming you mm -hmm. because you're naked but you want to be empower women put out the picture when you don't look good i agree and that that is not something that she does right well, and kim kardashian's right but so for me when it comes down to my daughter <laughs> yeah for better or worse women are shown images on a daily basis even the stuff that is self that goes by on a bus, vroom, constantly, this is what you should look like, vroom, vroom. Yeah. So, yes, I raised my daughter a little differently than my son because Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill are leading men. <laughs> the same pressure is not there. Right, yeah. You're told a million times, you, you know, I was can't tell you how many times I was told, you know, you can be funny and funny where you're going to get as many girls, it doesn't matter what you're funny, right? Guys are now listen, I will say also there are other pressures that men feel. So I'm not I and I will I'm gonna say I can't believe I'm gonna say this out loud. I don't think the I don't think testosterone 
is given enough credit's not the right word. But it's look, okay, you can say credit. But look, once a month, I I or I will say, you know, hormones act up in women. And if something comes up and you're like, no, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just hormonal, it's like right, and you're like, yeah. Testosterone is a, especially at a certain age, a very powerful, very powerful hormone. Mm-hmm. Men are not given the pass. Because sometimes there have been times where I've looked back on 10 minutes and been like, oh, I was fucking out of control. Like I was not in control of who I was. Mm-hmm. Testosterone. Mm-hmm. That is not something that we're given. You've never heard somebody be like, you got to give him a pass. He's fucking pumped. Some dudes are pumped full of testosterone and that drives how they act, what they say, what they do. Right. And so it's I, I'm, I don't feel the danger as much for, for my son. It was definitely a double standard. I know it. But I look... You do what you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do yeah. you want to have kids? I think so. You want to you definitely <laughs> want to be married. Yeah, I definitely would like to be I mean, have a partner, a life partner. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think marriage is is important so to life me. Are you Which be is lesbian? interesting. I think a lot of my No, no. no. <laughs> I, just, I think kidding. a lot of my friends yeah. uh don't care as much about the marriage thing. They're a little more disillusioned probably because they were products of divorce. I was not. My parents are still together. Um Your so parents I, are still together? They are still together. Your brother's sisters? One younger sister. And so I like the idea of marriage. I think it sounds great. <laughs> and the tax yeah. benefits aren't too shabby either. So. That's why I married Beth. Uh-huh. Tax benefits. Um, the kids thing freaks me out a little bit because I, I there's just so much I still want to do. And I, I think I have a notion in my head about what happens when you have kids. And I haven't, I, I don't know a lot. There's not a lot of women in my life that have served as, as, as role models in that world. Mm-hmm. Most of the women that I grew up around quit their jobs when they had kids. And and they're wonderful mothers. Yeah. And I and I just think it's scary to me because I'm like I I don't want to lose myself. You know what I think. Children. You know what I, I think, think is that very happens a lot. Yeah, I agree. And I think is very important. And actually, uh, Beth, who's sitting here, not my Beth, but a, another Beth, um, <laughs> is a good example of this. Like, look, you know, it's important that your kids know that they are loved and that they are the most important things and all. But it's also important. As you as they get older, for them to see that mom and dad also have lives, mm-hmm. because when they don't have lives, the kids continue to think that the world revolves around them. Right. Right. So what you're talking about doing is actually healthy. It's okay. Right. I don't know how that works with infants, though. I really infants don't. is a different. Because infants you've is got, a different you've thing. Got, and now, and by the way, in the 80s, when my mom had me, it was uh, they didn't even have pumping rooms in offices it just it was like the 80s like pro women going to work movement and there was just wasn't the awareness around uh you know time off and all yeah. that. my mom went back to work within four weeks because she had to and i stopped breastfeeding at four weeks and now doctors are saying at minimum of a year that's how much you should breastfeed your breastfeed your kids and that that makes a huge difference in a career woman's lo- but do, world. do you feel and like you got multiple kids you feel like you turned out all right I with totally the four weeks turned out okay okay but, i mean it's, we don't know it's different here's the thing <laughs> look the parenting books drive me fucking crazy because there are no parenting books like it's different you just have to do, you just have to do what you do and your you two kids you live do. in the same house they were raised by the same two kid parents they're completely different people right yeah and I, you know i had i made more money than my husband when i had kids. yeah 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 i will tell you this um so okay I, when I was raised, had the three kids. Uh-huh. This is recent. Yeah. Single with three kids. I get kicked out of, kicked out of two malls because there were no changing stations in the men's room. And I wasn't putting them down on the floor. 
Right. So I would ask the women, is there anybody in there? And they'd say, no. I'd say, can you watch the door for me? I just need to change my baby. Um, and one woman said no. And I said, why? She said, that's the woman's room. goes to the men's room. I go, there's no changing. She said, that's not my problem. I said, I'm going in. And she called and the cop, cops came. That's crazy. And that happened to me twice. Wow. Right? So, like, it, it, we've come... So far, <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way, but but so far. but but I think the thing that the misconception and that's the thing, like, he, there's never the right time to have a kid. You're never ready because anytime you go, oh, I'm ready, then the kid comes. You're like, I didn't fucking know it was gonna be this, right? Holy well, shit! And that's why I think for me, it's just it's about finding that partner yeah. that really wants them. I think that's enough. I do want a family. I just I just get scared for myself because I th- I. I know that women have a different bond with their kids. Yeah. Especially it comes from your body. I mean, there is. There's like scientifically proven there's a, a different set of like hormones that the woman releases that the man never does. Yep. And I just think that there's a level of guilt that like women feel when they're not totally there with their kids as much as they would, especially when they're babies. Let's, when they're babies and they require a lot of attention. Let's find. But I could financially. Yes. I mean, you know, like I could be a mom right now. There's nothing that. You have a vagina. I have a vagina. And you have a uterus. Yeah. You do not have a penis. I don't have a penis, so okay. I couldn't be a mom. I'm just running down the list. I'm missing a few. I'm running down the list of things that you need, but you don't actually need a penis. No, I don't. You I just... can go to the sperm bank. Yeah, you know why? Oh, you know when I was wow. younger, I tried to donate at the sperm bank. Did you to get some to make some moolah? Yeah. Okay. And do you what know? Happened? Okay, I filled out the application. Yeah. Not accepted. What? They accept less than six percent of the applicants. Wow. Which means statistically, it's easier to get into Harvard Law School. Than it is to donate your sperm. That's amazing. That's fucking crazy. That is crazy. There are a lot of picky lesbians. I'm just saying, you really got to be able to loosen it up a little bit. My friends, they they lesbians and went to a sperm bank. Yeah. And there's an upcharge, so you get to know more about the sperm donor. Yeah, you got to pay extra. They were like, well, why wouldn't I pay for the video? Of course. Yeah. I'm gonna pay that upcharge. It's kind of important. Pick them because you love women and the whole thing. And then after you have kids. Yeah. You're allowed to go back and and find out all of the live births from that. Oh my god! I would. Lesbians chose him, so there's all these half siblings with. So the your lesbian friends have a lot of half sibling kids running around. I I did not. I I did not. I was not allowed. They did not want the wolf sperm. That was not something they wanted. Was there a reason? Did they give you a reason for that? Uh, they just said unfortunately. We do not want your semen. Okay. Wow. By the way, the, uh, they missed out. It's not the first time someone said that to me. <laughs> of course. Fifty bucks. It's better than jerking off for Meanwhile, free. Meanwhile, if you donate your, your <laughs> eggs, it's like Listen, $10,000, 15000 I've, I've been doing it for free. Like yeah. my, in, you know what I mean? And they've just, I've, I've just wasted it. Yeah. If I count on me fifty dollars, I've wasted. So I mean, it's funny. it's way too. Tell me, you got a phone call? Justin. Want to say hi to Justin? We have a phone call. Hi, Justin. Justin? Hey, buddy. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I forgot to give out the phone number, everybody who's listening. I'm sorry. 323-282-7424. 323-282-7424. What's going on, man? Uh, have you, were you familiar with Taryn before the show? Yeah, you know what? And it's so bizarre because I, I went back and, and looked things up. I forgot that you were the hot for Hill girl. Yes. The what? The hot for Hillary. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, and she uh, had. I, I'm gonna go Google wrong hole. That makes me laugh. 
because I was thinking about writing. There were there was a punchline in a song, and yeah. I was like, well, "That's a ripe area." No pun intended. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a that's like a not a terrible joke area. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin is in Nashville. Justin, did you have a question for Taryn? Yeah, you know what? You're uh, you're going to be turning thirty this year, as am I, next month. Oh, um, hap- welcome is, to is thirty. It's see. It, that's my question. Is it is it terrifying for you, or is it? something that you've just come to grips with because I, it's day by day for me. You're terrified? What are your reasons for being terrified? Yeah, why are you terrified to turn 30? I don't know, man. It's just like 30 is just that age where you're like, okay, there's no going back. See, to I'm telling I told you guys. I told you guys. This the, is the thing. Can I just, A lot of young people have the... Uh, yeah. Can I, can, I, can I tell you, can I tell you, here's the truth. It gets so much better. It gets so much better than 30. I Listen, if I could pick an age, th- 35 to 37. Is your favorite time. I just think it's just, for me, mentally, physically, is when it just, I was like, oh, yeah. So I can probably relate to Justin on this because I feel like the past year and a half, there was a lot of personal stuff that just didn't, right? Yes. I mean, now, like the last six months have been great, but- before that, it was it was just a lot of emotionally. I was just in, in a hard place, right. and for me, looking ahead at thirty was like devastating because I felt like I shouldn't feel like this at this age. Oh. You know, I should be. I should there. I shouldn't be in this place right now. Like things should be a little happier. I think it's more just that I had this expectation of what of what it was gonna like. be. Yeah, and then and then you feel like you're not there yet. Is that how you feel, Justin? Like in career or with relationships? Yeah, you know what, you see, I, I have, like, in my head, I have all the boxes checked, you know, I, I've been married for two years, I've been with my husband for about nine total, Amazing. Um, and I have a great job now down here in Nashville doing social media management, and um, it, it's less terrifying knowing that those boxes are checked, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, at this point, we really want to have kids, and we like, what's the next step? Yeah. And I think that maybe it's just getting into our heads, or in my head in particular, um, just about that age being such a huge milestone. And I think it's just, it's also like letting go of the 20s. I don't know. There is a, there's a, you throw a party for that. Yeah. You're yeah. like, bye, 20s. That was a good time. But you, but it's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you've got everything sorted. <laughs> he does. But I, I will tell you, if I can give you a, a little suggestion, Justin, as far as worrying about the future, it's going to happen. So live now. Like, if, the more you are worried about the future, this the worst the present is gonna be like so you if you take care of today tomorrow's gonna be fine do you know what i mean like i i've really i wish i had given i wish someone had given me that advice at a younger age which is today can make tomorrow great but not if you're just worrying about tomorrow you gotta worry about today yeah justin i'll i started with I was talking about this with Josh. I don't know if you heard it, but I started meditating about nine months ago, which sounds like sounds so woo woo, but it works. Woo woo works. And I think the big key is just, yeah. I mean, you just don't have you. Tomorrow doesn't exist, and yesterday already happened, so there's no point in reliving it. And just enjoy each each yeah. day. Like it doesn't even. I don't know. I think that's the only thing that helps me because I I was so caught up in a in a mindset of like, oh my god, I thought that the person I was going to marry. I thought I was going to marry him and my life was supposed to look this certain way and I had it all planned out. Like I literally had the timeline figured out of when we were going to have kids and how this was going to affect my career and all of these things. And to have that uh, 
kind of like blow up in the in the crazy way that it did yeah. was so devastating. I realized you just can't actually plan for anything. And we've had friends lose their husbands and, um, you know, and, and go through really horrible traumatic things. And all you have is today. That's it. And mm-hmm. so that helps me. Like every time I get all upset because I'm like have another wedding <laughs> invitation that I'm going to <laughs> and all my friends are on their third kid from back home in Kansas and so I kind of feel like a black sheep a, a bit but but I realize I'm also just so lucky and so um you know you find your way but you you got to just enjoy today That's yeah I it. agree with that meditation helps though a lot mm-hmm. and weed <laughs> Yeah, we. Well, met- I'll, I'll be dependent on you to bring that to Nashville on the twenty first. May May twenty first. <laughs> oh, that's right. May twenty first. Good, good We'll be down there for sure. Um, all right, buddy. Everything else is good. Yeah, man, for sure. I'll. Uh, I actually turned thirty the twentieth, so twenty first, great timing. Happy birthday! It. I'll buy you a drink on the twenty first, buddy. Sounds like a plan, buddy. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Thanks, Thanks Justin. Bye. bye. Sorry, I forgot to give out the number three two three two eight two seven four two four three two three two eight two seven four two. For. Okay. Now, uh, if you were, if we were going to build you a man, <laughs> what are we, what are we talking about? What's, what comes in? Another one. All right. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Josh, it's Mark. Hey Mark. How are you? What's going on? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm sitting here screaming, screaming at the computer at the fact that People are aghast at turning 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, right? It is. It is. And uh, <laughs> But I will say that you are absolutely on the right track in terms of the meditation and in terms of understanding the one thing that I wish that people could truly understand, though it sounds like woo-woo bumper sticker philosophy is... <laughs> is that everything that happens to you happens for you mm-hmm. should you allow it. And that second part is so key. In other words, there is something that you can gain from every experience if you allow it, but you have to let go of this illusion of control. Because as you pointed out earlier, you know, in a different phrasing, you can't control anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, it's true. It's true, and that's very it's beautifully put. Yeah, you know what? I will tell you something, Mark, and this is, I know this is going to sound bananas, that it just took me until three years ago to realize this. But I was like, when I was having problems with control, right, and things not landing in my life the way I wanted them to, I realized, and this is going to sound weird, that it took me this long to realize, oh, everybody else is living their lives too thinking the same thing and these pieces that I want to fall into place I need seven people to put the right thing down or else it's so your your control and what you want to happen is so reliant on a multitude of other people to do what you want you can't worry about that shit no 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 you can't worry and about I think it. and I think that people confuse that with I do think that you should have a vision yeah, mm-hmm. I think that you should have a goal. Mark, you know, what about a vision board? Want. How's a vision board? You okay with a vision board? I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent of the vision. Board. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, like? I, I actually, I actually really believe that all of that stuff has a, a great deal of of power because your subconscious mind is incredibly powerful. Oh yeah. And 
And so you heard about you my affirmations. Your, your, yeah. your <laughs> unconscious mind aligned um, with the rest of your life, things do begin to, to fall into place. Things mm-hmm. begin to expedite. I think it's just a matter of, of letting go. You know, you have to decide, and it took me a long time too to decide this, whether you want to live your life as the salmon. You know, do you always want to be trying to swim upstream against the tide of life, or do you want to let go and just learn to maneuver around the obstacles as you float joyfully down the stream? I love it. I like it's that your one. choice. It's a beautiful. Can I do that story. with a cooler of beer? <laughs> on a on Absolutely. a tube on a tube. Oh, yeah. I, like. I recommend that too. Yeah, down a river on a tube with a cooler of beer tied to it. That sounds pretty good. I would go do that right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Just go down. A t- have you done that? Have yeah, done- it's great. I did it in Austin. Oh, it's so- Austin <laughs> is one of my favorite places so in the world. Great. Uh, Mark, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. It's been a little while. It's good to hear from you. It's nice to talk to you. Thanks, buddy. Have a good night. All right, Bye. Thank you. Bye. That, right. He's right. He's yeah. 100% right. If we were going to build you a mail, that's yeah. what can enter. Where are we starting? <sighs> Oh my gosh! Um, because now, are you gonna build them? In? <laughs> I'll build them because maybe I know them. I, t- I I told you a little while ago to set me up. Yeah, that but what was happened. your age range again? I forget. I think I said. I think I said. What did I say? I think I said. But now that you're in your thirties. Well, not hey, don't you can't you're now you're now you're, yeah. you're trying to like project me. No, make so, me older than I am. No, Where, um, where's your age range? Now I would say my age range is twenty-eight to forty-three. 28 to 43. It's a good 15 year. <laughs> it's a big age range, by the way. But that, I think I'm I'm leaving room on either side. Originally, I said I will never date a guy under 30 again. Yeah. PTSD. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's actually wrong because I think that there are some guys who are younger who are ready and who you know. Okay. So, so. Uh, um, I think that's I totally wrong. I don't think. Or open minded. There are definitely that, guys who are under know? 30 who are open minded. <laughs> <laughs> that's true um, no but I, I actually did a Google Doc in January this is so goofy but I did a Google Doc where I, I was like my sort of it was like my version of a vision board oh. I'm just like this is what I want to call forth in my life as far as relationships go okay um, and so I sort of built my man well give share me a little but, bit share a little bit with me I mean should I pull it up yes you should pull it up 100 percent. you should pull it up i mean let's know because well, i'm trying to remember it's been a little while and that's the thing like i and none of these are hard fast rules by any means it's more just here's what i want to kind of call in or right. manifest um let's let's go to google docs here you know i um i feel like such a dork no this you know is so dorky beth did the same did she and the, the chief same, met you yeah and and i hit at least two out of ten of the things on her vision board really that's yeah. great that's amazing I think I hit, no, three kids was not on the vision board. Yeah. I think I hit two out of 10 and I think she was like, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. It's good to put things down on paper yeah. because it's just, it reminds you of what is really important and Let's what hear, you want. Let's hear what you got. Okay. Um, innately curious. Need someone who's. Wait, is that, is that the top of the list? Yeah. That's number one. That's In, number one. If they're not someone who's, who's inherently curious i i'm just it's not gonna happen like curious as in like i wonder if i stick my finger in this what happens <laughs> like that kind of curious I mean, that's probably part of it what happens if i it. push this like that kind of curious no, someone like, who just loves asking questions about okay. the world around them you know so inquis- someone, who's, someone who's inquisitive and, and 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 doesn't know that much not that bright okay <laughs> well hopefully there's they're, they're, yeah i mean i think 
intelligence is the number one for me. They have to be smart. It's just I'm not even attracted to, to people if they're not smart. I've it always said that. Happen. I can't do stupid. No. Could never do stupid. But I can't even do like, you know. Okay. They have to be. I, I find that so sexy when a guy. I if If I'm smarter than them, that's. Usually a problem. I say that about the president. <laughs> when people are like, oh, I like him because he talks like me. Well, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> that's a fuck. I've had a buddy yeah. of mine who's like, he talks like me. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. That's not good. You threw up in your shoe. You're a grown man. Like, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be voting for people who talk like you. That's really yeah. funny. Okay. Innately curious, number one. Um, emotionally intelligent. Able to express feelings and like. And talk through things. I don't. I don't really want to. I don't really want to put someone through emotional intelligence school at yeah. this point. I've already been way, through that. I've never heard the term emotional intelligence. Really? It's, that's all they talk about in education. Though. Oh, but I'm not in education. Yeah. You saw like, what is their emotional intelligence once they're in kindergarten? Emotional intelligence is not a term I've heard. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. You know, and someone who has like a, does that they mean don't, mature? They don't, need, they don't need. Well, I mean, I think it's just someone who. Can 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 ex- yeah can express their feelings and is okay talking about that stuff and there's em- yeah empathy is certainly well, an empathy aspect is of good that, right? because that means you're not a sociopath right yes right and so that's really important okay. if that's and it's actually there's not a I don't I don't know do you a know of, a lot of men didn't grow up with emotionally intelligent role models in their life agreed and so I think that there's a problem with expressing emotions which then causes this like awful dynamic that. Not, Do you know what yeah. number one on my list might be if what? I wrote it? Would bury a body with me. <laughs> I just need to know that we're in it all that together. We're, in it. we're yeah. fucking. Uh, would you Committed. bury your bury body with me? I'm in. Wow. I Can like I tell that. you something? Partner I said to, in crime. I said to Beth the other day because I had Literally. this. I had this um, dream that yeah. Beth and Jakey and I were camping, which clearly is a dream because I don't fucking. I'm a Jew. I don't camp. <laughs> I go outside, but then at nighttime I'd like to go inside where they build. You know, and there's a yeah. TV and a shower and, you know, room service. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I'll, I'll be outside with you all day. Let's go outside. You want to go Joshua Tree? You want to hike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to build some shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nighttime? Time to go in. Yeah. I don't need yeah. a tent. I get it. Because there's cabins. Yeah. Um, But I I had a dream <laughs> that we were- ca- We Yeah. Listen, my people <laughs> wandered for long enough. We're not wandering anymore. So I had a dream that we were out, we were out camping and that a grizzly bear came. Mm-hmm. And then I turned to Beth and Jacob. And I said, get out of here, right? And she goes, well, we didn't run, did we? And I go, yeah. And she goes, just know, if a grizzly bear comes into camp and you stay, I'm staying. And I was like, what? I go, that's nice, but that's really stupid. Yeah. Like, why why would all of us die? Jacob was like, I'd definitely run. I'm like, I know you would fucking (laughs) run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not on that foot he wouldn't run. But that's my thing, like... But that is something yeah. that in my brain, I was like, oh, she checked that box. Because she said, she was like, no, no, no. If, I'm in it. Yeah. She was like, if you're not running, I'm, I'm not running. Yeah. But I was like, you should run with Jacob. And she was like, no. Yeah. And it was funny when she was like, Jacob wouldn't run either. He was like, no, I'm running. Definitely running. You guys are by yourself. <laughs> um, then he great. asked me if I, he goes, if you die, do I get the Lexus? I'm like, are we talking about this right now? I love these hypotheticals <laughs> that you and your family get into. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, he he doesn't like driving his. Look, he drives a two thousand something, maybe two or three Kia. Yeah, because that's what he could afford. I, he was like, "Why didn't you buy me a car?" I'm like, "This is my money." Yeah, my money provides you a <laughs> Screw house. Screw you, kid. A house and food. Right. And why? Okay, go. What's three? Oh, um, does it uh, thinks big about the world? 
like in, about his role in it. I like that. Someone who's not a small thinker. I like that. I need a big thinker. Mm-hmm. Like, I like. I'm also a really good cheerleader. So if someone's got a big vision, I'm pretty good at. I like. I enjoy being the cheerleader. You enjoy so having someone's back. It's a really back. fun thing for me. Okay. Oh yeah, there's nothing that makes. I just love. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's a good one. It. By the way, that says a lot about you. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, fun. They just need to like be someone that's fun and yep. down to have a good time. Um, independent. So that means no condoms. No condoms. <laughs> I'm just Lots curious. of drugs. Right, got it, got it, got it. Okay, yep, good. totally. Um, independent can maintain a distinct sense of self while in a relationship. So important. Because did you nothing... lose yourself in your last relationship? I did a little bit, but you know what's funny? I normally, I've, I'm always the more independent one. Yeah. In every relationship I've been in, I've always been the more independent one, and I think sometimes guys get a little, uh, like... What's the word I'm looking for here? The guys Thre- are threatened by it or they our egos cannot take the fact that you are not 100% into us all the time. But that doesn't mean I'm not 100% in, you know? Yeah. Like I was 100% in in my last in my last few relationships, but um, you know, I think uh, I may I didn't lose myself in the in the in the devastating breakup, but I th- I think I just I planned too much for things to work out a certain. I still had an element there was too much control that I was yeah. trying to exhibit. But okay. um, yeah, that's really important. I mean, like that's where I start to lose. To be honest, that's where I start to lose um, interest is when the guy starts to mold too much to 100%. what I'm doing. Well, that means he's not so a strong like, person. I want to see you yes. killing it at what you're doing and being firm and being like this is. No, there's obviously compromise, yeah. but that's important. Kind and empathic, uh, thoughtful. Those were those are the main ones. And Wait, then so those are just like qualities. No, nothing unlooks in there. I have down at the very very bottom. I have a little asterisk of tall, dark, and handsome would be a plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now two, I I, don't, I I tend to like the dark hair. Tall, two things missing. Yeah. But, but when you say I, tall, how tall? Matter. I mean, that's the thing. I, I I've definitely been in relationships that where I've been super attracted to the person, and I haven't been those. How, how tall things, is tall? But, um, how I'm a tall girl, so that's I'm the problem. Tall. I'm five seven. Right. Tallish. So, so if I put on heels, six foot six one, you like? I mean, that would I guess I would consider six one and above tall. Probably. Okay. Probably, uh, but it, I. A sense you of know. humor wasn't down there. Funny is the see the little like two ones down there. Oh, the asterisks are tall, dark, and handsome. I said, and, funny. and it says not absolutes. Right. Those are not absolutes, but those tall, dark, handsome, and funny are are are. That's an added bonus. I think Fantastic I got somebody. Bonus, but really? Yeah, I think I, I didn't got... read you the other. <laughs> I think. Well, then what's the other no, one? Tell so me the, that. So this one is. So these are like out. So those were like inner qualities, and then there was like a few more superficial qualities. But I think it's important to look. Is at no lifestyle. weird moles on there? Well, no. I think this is important to look at lifestyle. No weird moles. Yeah. I have lots of weird moles. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Do you have anything on there where people? Because all that first, the first list was all super grown Inner up stuff. and like, yeah. Is there anything on there where somebody would look at and go, be like, what the fuck? Like, did no, you, did maybe... you, when you wrote this in your brain, did you edit it at all, thinking somebody might see this? Somebody. No. That was this was one hundred percent you. Yeah. So, is there anything on there that is like, yeah, I, I, you know, the one thing on there that that might seem odd to a lot of people, and and also isn't like really an absolute. It's just something that is an would be ideal for me as someone who doesn't work a nine to five. Right. Like someone who has a degree of work flexibility. And can travel and do fun things. Because that's what I do. So I'd like to be able to have someone I can do those things with. Give me and some deal breakers. Some some deal breakers that, that are deal breakers I really to don't, you. I would ideally not, ideally not someone who works in the entertainment industry. Right. Not a deal breaker, but just like, 
it's one of those things where I have to, I have to like work yeah. <laughs> myself up for that one, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do get that. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's hard. exhausting when everyone's talking about entertainment business all. And I kind of made a time. lot of shifts in my life to, yeah. to not be as into that. So it's yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think long term that will be a tough one. But, by the um, way, that's one of the best things for Beth and I. Is oh, that right. We really. Uh, look, outside of big news or things like that, you don't talk about it. No, mm-hmm. we have other things to talk about. I think about. that's important, and I think if you can find someone that that's the case, then it would it would work. Yeah, but I, I, but I can only imagine like. But the other, it would just be exhausting because you could talk about it all the fucking time. Oh yeah, what you don't have, what you want to get, what you do, all that shit. And I just do. don't even talk about it anymore with my own friends. So. I think it's more about the personality, yeah. right? It's like there could be a guy that is like me and is in the industry but doesn't really care that much about a lot of this stuff and is more interested in other things. That was one of my things is like do they have friends with interesting passions? Like who are their friends? Because the friends are a huge reflection of you. I have to tell like, you, your have... list is so mature and well thought out. <laughs> my list would have been like. Does that sound? I probably sound like a freak. <laughs> I have a comment on the age range. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Uh, what's the big difference between 28 and 38, 30 and 40? A big decade is a lot. There's a big difference yeah. between 40 and 50, let me tell you. Yeah, the, a decade is a right. lot. A decade is and a lot. And you're probably right. I just, uh, and I haven't, by the way, I haven't actually dated anyone that's been more than a decade older than me, but I haven't been on any dates with anyone just say, over 39, I don't to think, say the, but. To say decade makes it sound like. Because when now a decade, now, well, that's when they're listening to Prince, and I'm sitting there jamming out. Who to... is your generations, right? So Michael Jackson and Prince to me, Britney. No. Yeah. Britney How was my generation? Yeah, no, but not my generations, Michael Jackson. Yeah, but because who's the person that transcended music? Not only was a musical genius. Well, I we don't, don't put... know because they kind of transcend after the fact, right? Michael... When you're in it, you don't really consider look. Them I wouldn't consider Beyonce <laughs> because her music is shite, but. And she's not doing what Prince and Michael Jackson yeah. did. I don't know if music. there is anybody. Not right now. I no. think Bruno Mars is pretty amazing. And I think his body of work is going to be fucking phenomenal when it's all said and done. When all said and done. I think, And I think he'll venture out a little bit like Prince did. Because Prince, as he got older, ventured out into rock and all that other shit. And, yeah. Um, all right, listen. I just got a text from Beth. We're, we're basically at two hours in right oh now. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. How fast did that go? It went by so fast. It's crazy, You're right? Lovely. Tell everybody what you want to. Oh, by the way, before this happens, Sacramento, I need you this weekend. Come out to the punchline. Go to his show. Sacramento. It's going to be great. It's going to be super fun. I need you this weekend. Come out to the show. April 28th, 29th, 30th. Yeah, I don't know what else is going on in Sacramento. And then May 21st, I have that live podcast. I'm one of three podcasts that get invited to go to the Wild West Comedy Festival in Nashville. Live podcast May 21st. Uh, and then the weekend after... Memorial Day weekend in Seattle, or I'm sorry, Bellevue at Parlor Live. Go. Amazing. What do you want to plug? Oh, just, I guess, YouTube, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Taryn, and my Instagram, Taryn Southern, because I actually update that. Do you snap, do you snizzy chap? Not really. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying. I'll do it like once every three weeks, and then I, and then I just, I stop. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I really trying. I'm just so. But again, it's just another thing to open and another thing to do, and we don't need more things to do. We need to be more present. Which you are. I have to tell you. Thanks, Josh. I, I loved Taryn before, but the new Taryn, <laughs> I also love a oh, lot. Like, thanks. yeah, the um, 
you're you're uh, the same person, but you're uh, still is the best word I can give it. Mm. You're just present. Thank I, you. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see what happens after a decade. See where Me I mean, too. in a decade from now, I, there's a chance I'll be dead. No, you're not. You don't say that. <laughs> I'm not going to be dead. Okay, but I'll be like super old and decrepit, and so uh, whatever the new thing is, you'll have to show it to me. I will. Okay. I'll deal? be old too. Yeah, deal. You won't be old because you'll still be younger <laughs> than me. <laughs> deal. When I say younger than me, I mean younger than I am right now. Sure. Okay. Sure, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Aaron, anything you want to say? Your thirties are better, are better than twenties. Woohoo! Agree, hundred percent. Looking at, looking and, forward to and it. And you say Prince is better than Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and Beth says pretty. Yeah, in a lot of different levels, I think. Uh, and what I want you to do. Yeah. I want you to listen to some Prince, will you? I will. I'll go home and listen to some Prince. Yeah. I'll jam with it. Do it and let me know. I will. Okay. It's gonna be great. We love you guys. We'll talk soon. <laughs>